And God God lives in the place near the star Kolob. Yeah. And if you look at Kolob, it's very similar to the word Kabal blah blah in Egyptian, which refers to a star in this constellation that's really over here. And so that's where heaven is. Yeah, you never you didn't dive into any of these uh, theories? Eddie? No. No, never yeah. heard of the Egyptian Kolob meaning heaven is over there. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm the oldest. I'm James, and I'm the coolest. I'm Andrew, and I'm the most photogenic. We're We're brothers. brothers. And this is Mormon Raised. A sibling podcast. Today's episode is called Gen Con, because we're talking about General Conference. Welcome to Mormon Raised, a podcast about trying to be normal after growing up in a big Mormon family. And this past weekend, it was General Conference. I used to love General Conference so much. True story. I once described it as Christmas morning. You are so weird. General Conference should be the opposite of Christmas. (laughs) All right. General Conference is like Mormon Comic Con. It's Mormcon, Gen Con. Except it's really not. It's not as fun. The attendees do not participate really. No one's dressing up in fun, colorful costumes. It's really not anything like Comic-Con. It's more like watching C-SPAN. I don't think I've ever watched C-SPAN. C-SPAN is like general conference, but with politicians. Oh, I get it now. (laughs) See what you did there. Well, General Conference is a big broadcast where the president of the church, you might think of him as the Mormon Pope, and the Council of the Twelve Apostles talk to all the members of the church. So it's held twice a year, first weekend of every April and every October. The main person that speaks is the prophet, who we, who James mentioned as the Mormon Pope, and he has the same title as Jonah, Noah, Moses, the prophets in the scriptures. And so he is very important to the Mormon faith. They're God's spokesman to the entire world, receiving revelations from God on behalf of the entire world. And to be a prophet or apostle, you have to be a man, very old white men, usually. That's what happens when you make these positions lifelong callings. Uh, once you become an apostle, you're it until you die. So the prophet and apostles are major speakers at General Conference, and they talk forever. Generally live forever, too. (laughs) The conference itself is in two-hour segments, but it is 10 hours total. Six hours on Saturday and four hours on Sunday. Imagine 10 hours of Joe Biden reading from a teleprompter. 10 hours of Joe Biden talking about the scriptures. And talking about fun stuff like pornography and how evil it is. (laughs) That's true. There's always at least two hours dedicated to the evils of pornography. (laughs) But I guess my question is, if it's always so boring, why do people listen? Because the church says you have to. I think also there's this hope that something that they say is going to apply to you or is going to be exciting, like some kind of announcement about the church. I was always hoping the prophet would announce the cure for gayness. Funny, I'm hoping for the opposite. I want a cure for straightness. Everyone deserves the right to be gay. (laughs) Instead, you just get two-hour church. (laughs) 
<laughs> Our teachers would always tell us they'd be yeah, like, okay, make sure you pray for an answer to any questions that you've been having so that the answer can be delivered by a conference speaker. It's kind of like expecting, it's like praying for your horoscope to give you life advice. And it works sometimes, but only because the advice is so general. Is that why they call it general conference? Ha ha ha. Good one. That was a James joke. (laughs) Yeah, that was a little cringy. One time when I was on my mission, my favorite apostle, Jeffrey R. Holland, was coming to speak to us. And my mission president specifically told us that we, that he would, you know, say something that we needed if we prayed about it in advance. So I prayed and prayed and prayed that he would say something that would help me with my whole same-sex attraction problem. Oh, did he? Nope. It was a really boring talk about preparing for the second coming of Jesus. What a typical straight man. Always letting you down. (laughs) Maybe a more righteous missionary really wanted to know about the second coming and prayed harder than you. There is another time they did talk to me directly, though. At least that's what I wrote in my journal. On October 7th, 2005, this past weekend was general conference when the prophets and apostles of modern day speak to the church. For me, this one was completely different than any other conference. As a missionary, I found that I craved these speeches. I needed instructions. I was desperate for counsel from the prophets. I needed to be uplifted And I was. I was very edified. Specifically, on Saturday night, President Thomas S. Monson spoke directly to me. I wondered if I was hearing the same words as everybody else because the message was so exactly what I needed to hear. (laughs) I'm sure your conference was so unique that one time. You know what? What's amazing (laughs) is that that little quote is so general. Like what? Like what was your question and what did he speak on that you needed to hear? Like, I would be more impressed if you wrote in your journal like a week ago before that you really wanted to know how much food storage you should keep. And then the prophet says you should have a 72 hour kit or something, you know, that that would be better. You're right, James. I should look up the talk that that Thomas S. Munson gave. Yeah, that's true. You have the date. I don't know. I can never tell any of the talks apart. It just all sounded like blah, 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 blah to me. Okay, so here's what here's the talk that I was referring to in my journal. Do your duty, brethren of the priesthood. Okay, you can't read that whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, this is his, a Mormon boy, a Mormon boy, I am a Mormon boy. Oh my God, no wonder why you liked it. (laughs) Mormon boy, Mormon boys. (laughs) Now that I've just skimmed the whole thing, this talk from 2005 is really boring and generic. There is absolutely nothing about this talk. Maybe I truly was hearing different words from what everyone else was hearing because there's nothing significant about this talk. Oh, what's that name of that effect? It's that fortune teller effect. Yeah, when you think your horoscope is like specifically about you. The Barnum effect. There you go. Yeah. That's what general conference is. Exactly. Do you still listen to general conference? I really can't stand their like Mormon speak voices. Something about the cadence just is like PTSD. It's traumatic. I just can't. But I do still really care about what they're going to say. And I'm still kind of waiting for that. You know, I'm still waiting for God to change his mind about gay people. So I live blog it. So you can just kind of follow people uh, posting about it. And so when I see controversial talks or when there's a talk about gay people, 
um, then I'll go and and read it on the Salt Lake Tribune or Deseret News or something. And you know, I always felt more righteous than other families with general conference time. No surprise there. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, you always felt more righteous. I meant on behalf of our family because our entire family. Uh, you know, we would go to church to watch the broadcast, so they would stream it, you know, via satellite in the chapel. So when other families were watching it at home, we were we would, you know, watch it at church because we were that much better. You know, it, I always thought it wasn't a little bit unfair. We would have to go to church and everybody else was just at home. And, you know, on Sundays, we would even uh, dress up in a shirt and tie. Exactly. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't we so much better? No way. I'd much rather be in PJs at home. A lot of families treat it like the Super Bowl, I think. So they'll stay in their PJs all weekend and they'll eat a bunch of like brunch food, food that's really cute. And uh, you don't really have to pay attention to the actual TV or game. You just pretend you did. <laughs> and that's and that's what the Super Bowl and General Conference are all about. Yeah, but the pe- the people who do like s- that Super Bowl conference, they just do one two hour session. They're not doing all 10 hours. And then they just read the highlights and pretend that they did the whole thing. I don't know. I think some do the whole thing, but you know, it just depends. And also, Andrew, I'm not sure you watch Super Bowls like the rest, <laughs> like the rest of everyone. Else. No, I watch Super Bowl. It's my favorite baseball game all season. Ha <laughs> ha. That was a joke. I actually know that Super Bowl is football. Well, not everyone would agree with you, but I think most people could agree that General Conference is boring. But it's less boring if you have cute foods, like Andrew said, and you post your food on social media. Or you go to like a social like a watch party and have like a like a nice spread of food. And there's always food and social media. Well, now there is. Not when we were growing up. Speak for yourself. I'm young and youthful. Fuck you. You're from the 70s, but I'm a 90s bitch. <laughs> Excuse me, but I grew up in the 90s just like you. Well, back to conference. There's always like this catchphrase or this talk that goes viral. It's something that like... People will like embroider. Is that what it's called? Like embroidery? Or they'll do like a calligraphy thing to or hang up on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they... I feel like it's very popular for Mormon families to like write things on wood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like paint them on wood. Yeah. I feel like a lot of families would have that. Or like the vinyl wall stick ons. Yeah. So, well, and it, it, this is not new. Like when our parents were kids, so David O. McKay was the prophet when our parents, one of the prophets when our parents were kids. And David O. McKay said, no success can compensate for failure in the home. Oh, yeah. Mom loved that. You know, when we were kids, it was uh, Gordon B. Hinckley. And he uh, wrote this talk and he he wrote a book that was about like these virtues. Mm -hmm. And he called them the B, like be smart and be true. And so everybody had these like bumblebee themed crafts because, you know, bees. Mormons love beehives. Yeah. So he wrote a book, too. Yeah, it, it sold like hotcakes. I'm pretty sure we had like 13 copies in the house. Definitely, at least, if not more. And we, uh, there was that other one too, that uh, the one that was called, uh, where the guy made up a word, Ponderize. That was just a couple years ago, right? That's way more recent. I think it was like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Getting old, Andrew. I actually prefer um, Eureka's Proportion Eyes from uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. That one's way better. <laughs> Definitely. Proportionizing. You know, that's what General Conference needs. 
General Conference needs a dragon. <laughs> okay, if RuPaul was in charge of, Ru- of General Conference, that'd be the best thing ever, and I would actually watch it. Can I get an amen? I'll pitch it to... Uh, Russell M. Nelson. That's I couldn't think of his name. I forgot <laughs> who the prophet was. Russell M. Nelson. So one of the, the fun things about the Ponderize that happened was the son, I believe, and I'm he like set up this website selling T-shirt and mugs. The son of the, the son ge- of the speaker. Okay. Yeah, the speaker who invented Ponderize. The son already had merch ready to go, so that when that talk came up. The website went live and he had all these merchandise ready. And it was actually like, that was like a little bit too much. Making money. Yeah. People <laughs> people got mad and he ended up having to shut down the site and donate some money to charity and apologize. It's like uh, Jesus getting mad at the people selling money at the temple or whatever, selling stuff for money at the temple and he turned the tables. True, though. It's not that much different than what Hickley did by uh, with his book, uh, The Way to Be book. I guess Hinkley got to keep the money, though, so <laughs> there's that. I think the worst General Conference slogan came from David Asshole Bednar's talk about tender mercies. Ugh, I hated him. Wow, you really don't like him. <laughs> yeah. David A. Bednar is one of my least favorite. Oh, apostles. is his middle name and... really A? Like, start with A? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes, that's what makes my pun funny. So, yeah, David Asshole Bednar did this talk called the tender mercies of the Lord. Why did you hate it so much? So at the so the time it came out, I was really struggling with life. And basically he gave this talk about how when we have blessings, they're tender mercies from the Lord. He was pulling this thing from the scriptures and this phrase from the scriptures. And so he gave all these examples of tender mercies, but they were things that were kind of small and trite. And he basically asked everyone to think about the tender mercies in their lives. I remember that. So like suddenly every morning I was talking about tender mercies, like the time where they were late for work and then they hit a green light and made it just in time. Ugh, yes. Or they like didn't study for an exam, but they still got an A. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so these trite tender mercies make life so beautiful. And meanwhile, I'm like really struggling and I just, I think it made this picture of God where he's just a real jerk because he's changing the light so that this Mormon's commute isn't too bad. But then, you know, he's not taking away all the difficult shit that I was going through. I think the one that I remember most is the I'm a Mormon campaign. It was all over. It was even over Times Square. They made a website. There was YouTube videos. I think they even made like a full feature film that was played in movie theaters across uh, Utah. We watched it locally. It, it was in movie theaters locally too. Yes, because what they did. So in order for a movie to have a wider distribution, people have to like buy tickets. So the church basically told all the Mormons go see this movie on opening weekend in these like regional locations. And then if you do, they'll play it more widely. And so there were, there were Mormons who were buying out whole movie theaters and nobody was acting like they didn't even have people to sit in the seats. They were just buying the tickets so that it would go be distributed. Oh my God. I totally forgot about that. Yes. So this is where like you were kind of talking about James, like, the general conference slogans and all that, like it's marketing. You know, 
they even uh, encouraged us to make these online profiles about how proud we were to be a Mormon or what being a Mormon means to us. Right. They had a website. Yeah. Mormon.org. And it was like a social media type site. Correct. I think I even made a profile. What? Well, you better go find it. I think I did. I was right before my mission. I'm pretty sure I did too. They like made everyone do it. I read somewhere, it was probably Reddit, but I read somewhere that they were, um, that they had been taking down these profiles because people were leaving the church or were doing things that they didn't agree with, like being gay and shit like that. Um, so they had like thousands of these profiles and they've been slowly taking them down off the web because we're all disappointing them. Well, and also kind of ironically, in one of the most recent conference talks, the current prophet Russell M. Nelson said that God is offended whenever someone uses the term Mormon to describe the church and that only the full name of the church should be used. <gasps> the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> And because of that one man who had a pet peeve about the name of the church, they had to change all the lesson manuals and all the, I mean, they had to change the website URL and even the name of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. It's not called the Mormon Tabernacle Choir anymore. So the Mormon or uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, (laughs) God, seems to be offended pretty easily. Yeah. (laughs) Also changed his mind very quickly. (laughs) Also, waste a lot of money on all that marketing <laughs> and the full feature film. Yeah, which now is uh, an offensive to God. To be fair, it's always been offensive. <laughs> that movie has always been awful. <laughs> That's true. I remember it's got this uh, this chick who boxes in Costa Rica. I remember her. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about this chick, James. Yeah, she boxes in, in Costa Rica. That's all I remember. <laughs> She's married. Her husband owns a boxing gym. Ah, okay. I didn't see the movie. I abstained in protest. I got free tickets. (laughs) (laughs) Some dude bought out a theater. (laughs) All right. So going back to some of the general conference speakers, some of the things they say are pretty weird. Like if you look at the history of general conference. Yeah, let's do that. Let's play a little game. I've got some quotes that I've... uh cured from some of the general conferences and why don't you guys guess what year okay and for extra credit who said it i like it are you actually gonna play the quotes for us if he plays the actual recording then we'll we'll know who it is by the sound of their voice i mean i'm sure you know the sound of the voice of all the prophets right andrew no i don't this game is so unfair <laughs> i'm so gonna smoke Daniel's you going to... i'm going to smoke yeah you. Uh, wait, wait wait this is not a fair game if i guess first basically you can just either guess you just do the over over under yep okay does that make it more fair over under okay here we go all right another problem an overweight girl from ogden went to see her bishop in purity and goodness of charity trying to help the girl he counseled her that it might be good idea to lose a few pounds pitifully heartbroken she went home and told her father it had cankered her soul The father, of course, negative toward the church all of his life, waiting for something like this, sprung like a cat on the bishop's back. And they came down to see me and wanted their membership transferred out of the bishop's ward. (laughs) I asked them why, because I didn't know all this background. And they said, well, our bishop suggested to our daughter that she might lose a few pounds and make herself a little more attractive. 
Now I want you to know that I defended that great bishop. I said, this family, you are wrong. Oh my God. That sweet bishop out of the purity and love for your daughter felt and did which he impressed to do. I'm sure it was a message from God to your daughter Mm -hmm. and she let it canker her soul. The strange thing is that she was probably up in her bedroom the night before praying, Heavenly Father, I'm lonely. I need someone. Please help me. Help me find someone so I won't be so lonely. And yet, oftentimes, we are offended because a sweet bishop gives us some instruction, which is hard for us to Oh, learn. my God. That's horrible. Oh, my God. That was in general conference? <laughs> that was in general conference. Oh, my God. I feel like that's going to give the girls in the church complexes. <laughs> yeah. Lose a couple pounds, you fatty. (laughs) Oh, you're praying to be attractive? Lose some weight first. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. I want to say it's Thomas S. Monson. (laughs) You think it's in the 2000s? All right, I'm going to say it was the 70s. I'm going to say it's over that. And so, uh, wait, if it was the 70s, I'm going to say it was Spencer W. Kimball. And so I'm going to say it was 1976. Wow, so specific. I'm just saying it's after 1976. All right, Daniel gets this one. It was Spencer W. Kimball in 1975. Oh! You have a gift, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) This is fun. I like this game. Please believe me when I say that chastity is worth more than life itself. This is the doctrine my parents taught me. It is truth. Better die chaste than live unchaste. Oh my I know God. this one. I, I, I remember this one. You better die chaste? Yes. It's better. It, this, is, this is the general conference talk where he tells a story about how his dad told him that it would be better for him to come home in a body bag than to come home from his mission dishonorably. This is horrible. This is a horrible talk. Does not teach good yes. values. I'm going to say it was Ezra Taft Benson, which would put it in the 80s, the early 80s, before I was alive. I'm going to say it was 1984. I'm going to say over that as well. This was 1938 General Conference, J. Reuben Clark Jr. Is he a prophet? I don't <laughs> no. even know him. No, it's not a prophet. He's an apostle. Okay. Um, but did I, did I have it right though? Is this this is this the body bag talk? No. So it was probably okay. quoted so in the must body have bag. Quoted him. Yes, it, this somebody is very quoted often him. quoted, which is probably why you got the you're wrong. Next question. If I were to name the first thing that impresses me always in these fine Latter-day Saint homes, I would say it was a love and desire for children. These are homes where the having of children was not delayed because of some social or educational or financial objective, and where the size of the families has not been limited by the practice of birth control. Okay, can I just say, this shit matters because the things that these people, these old men, the things they say impacts millions of families people take this very seriously they're taught to believe that general conference talks are like scripture you should give these talks that quote about birth control you just read should have the same weight as the bible some people would actually say more yeah because it's like for our day specifically i just uh okay but it was talking about birth control which does mean it was before the 90s. Yeah, because birth control is allowed now, right? It is. But I think that was a recent... I feel like that was like a 95 development. I, I think this was Ezra Taft Benson, but I'm going to guess that it was 1980. 
I'm going to say before. All right. Andrew finally gets a point on the board. So Yay! that was that was Harold B. Lee in 1948. Uh. 1948. Oh, wow. Way really? early. Okay, I was way off. But I wanted to do that one before this one. So I guess the hint is this one is after 1948. There are various arguments for curtailing the birth of children or the size of families, but they are contrary to the laws of God. Wow, God really changes his mind a lot. Well, no, no. This is saying that birth control is still not allowed. It doesn't mention birth control, but it is saying that you should... Have as many children as possible. Like pop out those babies. I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, if I keep betting Ezra Taft Benson, I'm gonna win eventually. 1980, Ezra Taft Benson. You must really hate him. I do. <laughs> You're saying 1980? Yes. I'm gonna say pre that as well. Um, it is 1986. Eldon Tanner, though. Oh. Oh. Tanner was at least a fun one. Why was Tanner fun? Because he kind of liked kooky doctrine. Like he was like the kind of the kind of Mormon who would like wonder if there were like aliens. <laughs> who said that there was aliens? Almost everybody in the Mormon church believes in aliens. That's so weird to me. No one talks about that, though. Well, because they know it sounds kooky. They do talk about it, but only with like other Mormons who are, you know, like on the mission, we would talk about You it. would talk about on the mission how there's aliens and Mormons believe that there are aliens? Yes. Wow, you're so weird. No, <laughs> I just went to an English-speaking mission. They talk so about aliens all the we... time at church. <laughs> I feel like this is, in like priesthood, it'd be like, yeah, there's, there's like tons of worlds. It says worlds without number created. There's got to be some of his children on those worlds, too. And they're populated worlds without end. And yeah. you're going to, one day you will have your own world and you will populate it with your children. And, and we're the only world that was bad enough to crucify God's son. All the other worlds were like better than us. <laughs> All right, James, feed us the next quote. Let's get back to Gen Con. There is a falsehood that some are born with an attraction to their own kind, but with nothing they can do about it. They are just that way in quotation marks, and can yield to those desires. That is a malicious and destructive lie. While it is a convincing idea to some, it is of the devil. All right, I got this. It's my boy, Dallin H. Oaks. Uh, 1995, that asshole. I hate him so much. You just hate all these people. I'm going to say above that. You are wrong, Andrew. <laughs> you know, you're, you're oh defying the odds here. With the 50-50 chances. <laughs> this is actually 1976. I thought because homosexual, it was on uh, gays, it might throw you guys off. Oh, uh, is, it, is it Spencer W. No, Spencer it is Boyd Boyd K. Kimball? Packer in 1976. Ugh. Ugh. Boyd K. Packer's the only one that's worse than Dallin H. Oaks. Okay, well then let's do this one. Fifteen years ago, with the world in turmoil, the first presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles issued the family, a proclamation to the world. I should have probably left that part out. The, the <laughs> well, I know the date because I know when the proclamation came out. <laughs> the fifth proclamation it was in the history 1995. of the church. It qualifies according to the definition as revelation. Some suppose that they were preset and cannot overcome, that they feel our inborn temptations crossed out, edited into tendencies toward the impure and unnatural not so wait this, wait they changed it they changed it in the uh in the room oh yeah this is standard practice in yeah. general conference 
just they they'll say something from the pulpit, but then it becomes controversial or it was inaccurate. And so they'll change it in the transcripts. There's actually videos that have been edited where words have been redacted and dubbed over. Not even kidding. Wait, so it went from... He said tendencies, and they crossed it out and put temptations mm-hmm. toward the impure and unnatural. Not so, and then this part was left out. Why would our Heavenly Father do that to anyone? Remember, he is our Heavenly Father. You're doubling up on Boyd K. Packer. Yeah. Um, okay, and that would have been in 2010. That's correct. You didn't give yeah, Andrew... Yeah, I say correct. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gave it away when I said 15 years ago. I shouldn't have yeah, said that. Yeah, because I happen to know the year the proclamation to the family came out. Because it's the product of boy, of um, Dallin H. Oaks, actually. John, who was Mike's friend, ministering brother, and former mission president, used to tell his missionaries that if someone is on a list that says, not interested, don't give up. <laughs> Do they know what consent means? This is honestly why people hate the Mormons. This guy. This guy's the reason. Wait, but didn't he say ministering person instead of home teacher? And Andrew, don't give away your your, your one advantage. <laughs> well, you're right, Andrew. This has to be post-2018. So I'm going to guess 2018. And I'm going to guess that it was our friend Russell M. Nelson. Andrew? I'm going to say after. That was 2019. Woohoo! Uh, Andrew got it in 2019, but it was it was just some random guy, Bishop Christo- uh, W. Christopher Warbell or something. <laughs> w- Waddell. <laughs> Sorry, we don't know these people anymore. All right, let's do this one. I know of a great man who held his dead son in his arms and said, "In the name of Jesus Christ and by the power and authority of the Holy Melchizedek Priesthood, I command you to live." And the dead boy opened up his eyes. This great brother could not have possibly done that had he been looking at pornography had been looking at a pornographic piece of material a few <laughs> nights before or if he had been involved in any other transgression of that kind a, the priesthood has to have a pure conduit to operate so if i don't watch pornography can i raise people from the dead <laughs> that's why you'll never raise people from the dead andrew <laughs> i'm going to say this was 2002 and so, let's say it was Henry B. Eyring. I'm going to get the before on that. Oh, Andrew, you're learning. Yes, this was a before. 1975 again, Von J. Featherstone. What gives this away is that they're still talking about the priesthood being able to do miracles. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> In the 2000s, they, 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 it's a miracle not to have a miracle. Sometimes Jesus heals people. But sometimes he kills him instead. (laughs) (laughs) He, and he's talking about God, did not intend either of the sexes to adopt the other's traits, but rather that men should look and act like men and that women should look and act like women. When these differences are ignored, an unwholesome relationship develop, which if not checked, can lead to the reprehensible tragic sin of homosexuality. Ooh. All right, so home, they refer to it as homosexuality and not same-sex attraction. So we know it's before the 90s. I'm going to say 1988, and I'm going to say it was our friend Boyd K. Packer. I'm going to say before. Andrew's on a roll. So 1971 General Conference by... 
Bishop Victor L. Brown. You keep going for these obscure people. Well, I didn't want to make it too easy. This is a good one. They may break us up and route us from place to another, but by and by we shall come to a point where we shall have all the women, and they will have none. You may think I'm joking about this, but I can bring you the truth of God to demonstrate it to you. (laughs) That is definitely a polygamy quote. Okay. Who would want all the women? Cisgender heterosexual men. Let's see. Definitely has the fire of Brigham Young, but this sounds a little more belligerent. So I think it's actually a little bit later. I'm going to say like 1880. And I think then it was Wilford Woodruff. I'm going to say before. Andrew, it is before. LDS Apostle Orson Hyde, October 1854 General Conference. Wow. I love it. I love that. That's like, it sounds like a Trump tweet, honestly. (laughs) We shall have all the women and they will have none. (laughs) That's like the 1854 equivalent of a Trump tweet. Oh my God. Those liberals are kicking us out of the country for polygamy, but they're wrong. (laughs) We're going to have all the women and I mean bigly. All right. Is there one more? Let's do, let's do one more for extra credit and let's make it winner takes all. If Andrew wins this, he wins the game. All right, I'll do a very difficult one then. True, there is a curse upon the woman that is not upon the man, namely that her whole affection shall be towards her husband. And what is next? He shall rule over you. But how is it now? Your desire is to your husband, but you strive to rule over him, whereas the man should rule over you. Mm, you're going old this school. This is horrible. Yeah, that's got to be 18-something. I wonder if that's the most famous Mormon, Brigham Young. I'm going to say it was... 18, 1869. I'm going to say afterwards. <laughs> Andrew, you lose. It was Brigham Young in 1856. I quote that one to my wife all the time. I'm sure you do. Horrible. <laughs> Obviously, we're recording this episode before General Conference, which took place this past Saturday and Sunday. So who knows what wacky things they taught this past weekend that we'll be disavowing later. But just look at social media and you can find the newest Mormon catchphrase, which will be trending, I'm sure. We'll be sure to include that uh, trendy Mormon catchphrase as a hashtag in this post when we share it with Instagram. All I know is I'm not sitting through 10 hours to find out. (laughs) In the name of Super Bowl Sunday, Sunday. Amen. amen. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, be a good missionary and tell your friends about it. Follow us on Instagram at Mormon Raised Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. Hashtag GenCon 2019. The music in this episode is Anthem for the Good Life by Young Presidents, courtesy Shutterstock Inc.